Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth, don't. <laughs> this is Left Unsupervised with Elizabeth Morales, your comedic host that's done it all. Actress, writer, director, producer, headdresser, bartender, beauty pitch, and organizer, rock and roll, PR expert, talent coordinator, bookkeeper, hostess, makeup artist, wife, mother, and general badass. Now listen as she interviews all of her favorite celebrities, doctors, and entrepreneurs that she's met along the way. This week, Elizabeth is left unsupervised with her guest, Diana Yanis. Oh my God, I am so excited today. I have my favorite stand-up comedian and great friend, Diana Yanis. I've seen her everywhere, you guys. The Comedy Store, Improv, Flappers, Laugh Factory. She is absolutely hilarious. She was on tour with Margaret Cho. She's been on the True Colors tour with Cindy Lauper, Debbie Harry, and Rosie O'Donnell. She is absolutely fabulous. And if that's not enough... She has co-written and created a show called Latina Christmas Special that has been in the L.A. Times four years in a row as a critic choice that is currently off-Broadway and in L.A. for one night. She has had amazing, amazing success with this, and I cannot wait to talk to her. She's running a little late, but she's walking in right now. Diana, I'm so happy to see you. Yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm so glad to be here too, Elizabeth. Oh, I love you. Oh my God, <laughs> you made it. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm You're so running a little sorry. late. I'm, a, I'm so sorry. I had a audition, and it was like you know, I just I needed to get out of there, and it just it took a while. Oh my God. Oh my God, you had an audition. That's right. How did it go? It 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 went well. Yeah, it was it was good. You know, well, I, tell me about it. I'm so excited. How that what. <laughs> Tell me, tell me okay, the okay, character. Okay, okay. okay, so um, rather than tell you the character, let me tell you what happened. Okay, okay. so I got there. Right. And um, sign in. They call my name. They say, Diana Yanzi. Yanzi. <laughs> first thing. Okay, first thing. So I got to raise my hand and go, yeah, you mean Diana Yanez? Yes, it, it's actually exactly how it's spelled. I didn't say that, though. And I said, uh, yeah, here I am. And they, they brought me into the room and they said, uh, oh, um, okay, so do you have any questions about the role? Anything you'd like to know about the storyline? And, you know, I prepared, right? So I right, said, I said right. no, no problem. Why don't I just do it? And, right. and if you have any adjustments, you can give them to me afterwards. And they were like, oh, okay then. So just go ahead and... Uh, Whenever you're ready. So I took my moment. I connected to my uh, my choice. You took your space. Yeah, I took my space. And I walked up and I went, knock, knock, knock. And I opened an imaginary door and I said, housekeeping. <laughs> and that was it. Scene. Can you believe it? How many times? Not only that, I'm five foot seven with heels five foot eight, five foot nine, and I and I'm I'm towering over everybody else, and they want to, and that's the main part that they take me in for is housekeeper. Pero por qué? Why? Why? I don't know. It's the only role written for Latinas. I, I don't get it. I mean, it's getting better. But it is getting better. I gotta I know, say, but every time I get one of those, I'm like, oh my god. You're you know? like, oh, you've got some great national commercials though, too. Um, that, those yeah, I'm very. Some- lucky yeah i got that the national national campaign culo that's me <laughs> <laughs> i mean that so, in the cuban way by the way the oh cuban way. oh t- oh yeah because you got to be careful what you what i say what you so. say because you know each culture has a different same word means mm-hmm. totally something girlfriend completely- that's exactly why i brought it up is that i have a uh here in los angeles i have a lot of mexican friends love the mexicanos love them uh, but I started having some misunderstandings with them because I, I, I was, I mean, who would think 
that the word is different for them. I'm joking with them, and I'm like, you know, I'm Cuban because look at the big culona. You know, like they, <laughs> to me, culo means butt. It means the whole Ass, thing, right? To yeah, you, right? Yeah. The whole thing, nalgas, everything, yeah. right? So I'm like, you know, culo. And they're like looking at me with these faces like, what the what hell? Is she saying? And I, and I, I'm not getting it, right? So I'm like, you know, culo grande, Cuban. Because to Mexicans, culo means butthole. Oh my God! <laughs> they thought that I was saying that I had an enormous asshole. That's exactly that was the shock in the face. Damn like I don't like I mean, it was it was it was horrible. But I mean, I, I mean, now it's it's a funny story. But when I realized it, I was like, Oh my God! How many Mexicans have I said that to? Oh my God, Diane! They're probably looking at you going, uh, "TMI." Well, you know that happens with Puerto Rican too. Like you know, I've gone like, "Oh my God, me this have each okay." Grande. You know, for oh us, God. what does bicho mean? It means bug. Okay, right. bug. For Puerto Rican. It means penis. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they're like, where? Where? Yeah. Dame ver. Dame ver. bicho. <laughs> I know. Oh my, my God. God. Yeah, no, that's the, that's a typical thing, and it's but it's one of the things that unifies us is our language, and uh, and then we have different interpretations. I just think it's all food for more. You know, we're all Latinos. We're all in it together. And in fact, we're all immigrants, to tell you the truth. Yeah, so. that's true. Or children of immigrants. Yeah, so. exactly. Mm-hmm. So are you ready for Christmas? Oh, yeah. Are I you am going home? full-fledged Christmas mode. Oh, my God. No, I, I'm, I'm not going home because I'm going to be in New York. Working. Going off Broadway, right, right. Yes. Oh, my God. What's a typical Christmas in your house? Like, for me, I didn't have Christmas. You know, I was- What? I, you didn't have Christmas? Why? No. Okay. Growing up, I was raised Jehovah Witness. So that was like a real bummer. We didn't celebrate anything. Oh, and no. uh, yeah, a lot of stress, girl. I'm still dealing with the cultish indoctrination that I've been through. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. So then when you saw the kids at school talking about their presents and the whole thing, yeah. You were just like sitting there like I wanted to break every Barbie's head off. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did that too, but it had nothing to do with not celebrating Christmas. <laughs> I just was very destructive. Oh my God. Well, I want to get into all of this. You know, you're so accomplished, Diana, and I've always admired you so much. You're so creative. You have such a creative spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you put your mind to something, you go for it and you do it. Mm-hmm. Aside from that, you're hilarious. I love to go see you whenever you're working anywhere because you just Thank you. crack me up. But before we get into a lot of things, I want to talk about the tours that you've been on. How fun were those? You've worked with Rosie O'Donnell, Debbie Harry, Cindy Lauper, Margaret Cho. What was that like? And how I'm sure you have a lot of crazy stories. Uh, well, I can say that it was definitely a heady time. It was very, uh, very interesting experience because you know, whenever you go into any sort of form of entertainment, you dream of what it would be like to, you know, travel with other celebrities and be put up in a suite and and to have first class tickets and to have like a. We had a, a thing called a rider, which is you put on the rider what you want what in you your want. dressing room. Just so, green M and M. So we would. <laughs> So you know, we 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 got into spicy olives and manchego cheese for some mm. reason, and that was like the requirement. But um, yeah, it was a fun experience, especially working with some of those celebrities. I mean, um, really big moments happened. Um, uh, to give you an example, I will never forget because you know, I, 
to me, Blondie and Debbie Harry uh, were like, yes. the, they were the shit. I thought they were so fantastic. So when we were on the True Colors tour, Debbie Harry was one of the one of the people that we were traveling with, and she had a dressing room next to me. So I, in some of the venues we were at, and I would hear her going me 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 me, like practicing, you know. And I was just like, oh my god, oh my god. So it was like a super cool thing. But she was very shy, and um, and I was, you know, and I also wanted to respect her. I didn't want to be like somebody globbing onto her. But uh, second to the last concert we did in San Francisco, I'm walking by with some Dom Perignon in my hand and some mm. champagne glasses and part of my writer. And uh, <laughs> and as I'm walking down the hallway, Debbie Harry opens the door and, you know, I'm super friendly. And I, I said and I said to her, oh, care for champagne? Because, you know, she was there, whatever. And she goes, yeah, come on in. So she, I come into her dressing room. She's In her writer, she had a big, giant, like, platter of fruit and all this stuff. And I pour the champagne and she goes, wait. And she goes over to the fruit platter, and she picks up two raspberries, which she puts on each finger, like on on her index finger and her middle finger. So she fingers these two raspberries, and she puts one in my glass and one in her glass. And as I took the sip of champagne, I thought to myself, I am drinking champagne that Debbie Harry fingered. Debbie, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but it was a big moment. I want some raspberry fingered by Debbie Harry, too, and some champagne, please. Oh, my God. You know those moments where you go, I'm never going to forget this. That was one of those. Oh, my God. That's a great story. I love that. Yeah. Diana, you know, how did you get into stand-up comedy? Um, Well, I started in improv and sketch comedy. First of all, actually, sketch comedy first. I was a big fan of Saturday Night Live growing up. I mean, it's it was all my life I was watching Saturday Night Live. I love sketch. Huge fan of Gilda Radner and Madeline Kahn and, um, you know, all the great comedy uh, actresses, including Lily Tomlin. And I started doing sketch comedy. That was my first my first thing, writing sketch and doing it. So comedy was my thing. And then I got into improv, um, and I started doing improv to the point that I got to being paid to do improv, which is like, you know, like being paid to breathe air because it's like so rare that you would get to get get to the professional level. So I was very excited about that. And then in doing improv, uh, my friend Kurt Hall and I developed two characters called um, Lisp. He was a gay rapper and I was MC Havana. Oh my and god. And we started doing um comedy rap, you know, and at one show that Margaret Cho went to, she saw um us doing this act and she said, "Okay, come on tour with us. I want you to I want you to open for us." So that's how it all started. Then after that, when she moved on, (laughs) she moved on, which is fine because, you know, we had to grow. And when we moved on, um, I got approached by a producer to join a show that was stand-up comedy and improv. And, you know, that combination works really well because people get to know you. Because when you do stand-up comedy, you're talking about yourself. It's, right. You're not, you're not making up a story about, you know, who you think you are. It's who you are. The truth is what matters. That's what's funny. Well, the funny's in the truth, right? A- a- exactly. Exactly. And so then we would do improv afterwards, and the audience would just go nuts because now that they know us, they know that, you know, when we're struggling for a word or we're making something up, and oftentimes I would I would go back to something I said in the stand-up or somebody else said in the stand-up or somebody that something said somebody said in the audience and it was like magical so we did that for a while and I toured with Jenny McNulty who's also a stand-up comedian 
and we did that. Oh my and, god! Uh, and one of our uh, one of our players also ended up writing for the Ellen Show. So we had some really talented people. Wow! I remember your mom loves Ellen. Oh yes, she does. <laughs> my mom. I can nice, can nice. Yes, I'm nice. Yeah. You know. Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, she's so nice. She's like a nicest. I think it completely changed her opinion about the LGBTQ community. She was oh. just like, if everybody is like Ellen, then it's a okay with me. Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> she's very old fashioned. Well, you know, and then from there. You, it's, that didn't stop. But you also had a one-woman show called Viva la Evolución. Yes. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, Viva la Evolución was about growing up in Miami. And uh, during the AIDS uh, crisis as well, uh, I, I lost my best friend to AIDS. And so that's the, the darker part of it. But mostly it's about my crazy family because... I don't know about you, uh, uh, Miss Elizabeth, yeah. but crazy in Cuban families seems to run pretty deep. Like I, I, I sometimes ask myself, is it my family or is it the culture? So it's a lot of that, and 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 that, and that in the end, just like I said, my mother thinks Ellen is fantastic. You know, I Viva la Evolución. It's about it's it's celebrating evolution. That when my parents came to this country, they had very backwards, old-style ideas about what is what. And that with experience, everyone evolves. If you put love in the mix, you evolve. And that's what happened. My mother completely evolved from my experience from losing my friends. So it's, you know, it was a profound experience. And then that was my first trip to New York and uh, it was my first one woman show and we won New York Fringe Festival. Wow. Well, I always think the special thing about comedians is they really see the world in a different, Mm -hmm. a different point of view. Like Mm -hmm. a comedian kind of can take something that we see we could look at something, but a comedian will look at it completely different and get like a whole show you, from you, that. You want to know the truth? I, a lot of my comedy starts with I'm telling somebody something that happened to me that either pissed me off or was just so crazy <laughs> that it was unbelievable. And then people start laughing and I go, oh, yeah, I should I should write that down. You know, like yeah. I start I start in a, pli- in a place where I'm like. What the hell? My mom just said this to me, you know, and and uh, or, or whatever happened on the street, and I'm angry, and I'm telling the story, and then that's when I realized, oh, this is a really good story, which is how I ended up writing that one woman show because in my stand up comedy, I often talked about my experience with my family and the life that I lead, and that's where the stand up started. And someone said to me, hey, you know, your stories they they sound a lot like the beginning of a one person show. And that's how it started. And sometimes I wanted to tell the whole story, you know? Right. I wanted people to know that it's funny, but there's a message underneath this. And whatever that message is, you know, and for me, the message is in Viva la Evolución was that have faith. If you get frustrated, have faith that human beings with the spark of love, they evolve. Everyone evolves, including me. I evolved in the process. Well, I'm a true believer that the message is always better received when it's done with a little humor. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know me, because I go to your show and 
<laughs> You're the best com- laugher. Yeah. You are the best laugher. <laughs> best laugher award. All my comedian <laughs> friends are like my my. I have a friend of mine who opens for um, Tim Allen, uh, Lowell Sanders. He's he's amazing too, and he. Uh, was in this huge arena in Arizona, and he's like, Beth, I could hear your laugh all the way. (laughs) I completely (laughs) believe that. Completely. How many times have we been laughing on the phone just talking to each other? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh my God. Well, you crack me up, girl. You... There's some crazy <laughs> stuff that we've talked about that's really, that's really. <laughs> you know the the story, the line I have about Tierra Trágame, do you remember that? Oh, my God. You know that that was one of those stories where I was complaining to you about someone. And then I told you, and you started laughing, and that was the moment that I said, oh, yeah, I should write that down. But let's tell people what that means. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So, um, uh, I, so I was complaining about someone who was just the biggest whiner you can imagine like oh why do I have to go there you know I was talking about this this person that that I knew so this was like <laughs> Deborah Downer because she was Deborah Latin Downer. she was Latina and she, she was, was like I don't want to eat that I don't why do we have to sit on this table so I started I nicknamed her Tierra Trágame oh which, my god which that's means such an old Cuban expression I, know, I hadn't heard it in a long time I know well my mother says it all the time okay <laughs> it means earth just swallow me up it's like Tierra Trágame and you always say it like that like completely dramatic <laughs> yeah. earth just swallow me <laughs> and my mother used to say that all the time because it was like the car needs a repair or you know somebody's calling or the something fell and broke my mother would go tierra traga <laughs> and it was like this long thing so i started calling her tierra traga me guess what it caught on and everybody calls, calls her that tierra. Now? well it, it, they would it's she's it, she's known as that name her name will not her actual name will not be said but just, i'm telling you that people would be like oh okay let's get together uh uh-huh, oh wait a minute it's tierra coming. <laughs> I would and of be course, like, everybody's got the, the inflection and the voice. You yeah, know, you got to like... roll your eyes too. You guys can't see this, but it's it's not just a regular roll. It's a Cuban roll all the way around 360. That's the Cuban eye roll. All, all you the way the around. White in the eyes. Yeah, and, until it comes back up around on the other side. <laughs> Oh, my God. Hi, Diana. You crack me up, girl. I swear to God. You make me laugh all the time. Now, I want to talk about Latina Christmas special because I remember when you first came up with the idea. Oh, yeah. And I thought it was brilliant when you just – when it was just being birthed, you know, when it was just starting and you – uh, are the crea- uh, creator behind this, mm-hmm. and you co-wrote it with two other fabulous mm-hmm. girls named mm-hmm. Maria Russell and Sandra Valls, mm-hmm. and they are hilarious. Yes, and very talented ladies. Yes, I, I really I lucked out. I picked. The I've right gone people. every year mm-hmm. to every show except for one year that I was uh, I think I was sick or something, but I've pretty much been every year, and I gotta say that I laugh just as hard. I laugh and I cry. And I laugh while I'm crying, you know, so, <laughs> so it's really funny. I want to talk about how that started, because now from this idea that you had, now you're this year off Broadway at the Soho Playhouse. Yeah. And um, I just want to read a couple of quotes from, you know, different magazines and newspapers. As Latin Heat says, laugh yourself silly. Uh, theater mania, universal appeal. Stage Raw, recommended explanation point. <laughs> you know, Alegria Magazine, Laugh Out Loud Trio. 
And then the Los Angeles Times, three years in a row, you guys have been Critics' Choice. Yeah, four years. This year, oh, it's four years. That four we, years. Yeah. I, stand I mean, we're corrected. only in LA one night, only one night because we have the rest of the shows booked in, in, uh, in New York. And they printed us out. I mean, it was the ultimate compliment that, you know, I got a call and, and a text sent to me with a picture of the paper that, oh, my God, I just saw you guys are in the L.A. Times as Critics' Choice. I mean, it's, you know, it's that's, a miracle. It's wonderful. They, you know, there's not a lot of shows like ours. And that's really, you know, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Listen, Diana, it's hard to get Critics' Choice one year. You guys have gotten it four years, and not only that, they just another one is a twist on Dickens explanation point. Critics' Choice, L.A. Times. So I'm so excited for you, and I want to talk a little bit about the show and how you came up with the concept, and um, so that our viewers or our listeners mm-hmm. can actually know a little bit, a little bit about the show, and. Uh, I'm reaching out to all my friends in New York. They got to Thank see you it. so much. Yes. And in fact, let me just say after I tell you all about this show, I guarantee that you're going to love it because it is heartwarming, funny ass stories. Even if you don't like me, which I doubt. <laughs> Sorry, but I doubt it. Uh, is uh, Sandra Valls and Maria Russell are two hilarious comedians. So and, talented. And wordsmiths, you know, like people that just write really great stuff. And we're all three physical comedians as well. So it's fantastic. But it's like a show that I, I have no hesitation recommending. We've never gotten a bad review. But in New York, we're the newbies. We're the new ones in the hood. And you know what happens in New York? I think we We've talked about this before, too, is that they go, L.A.? L.A.? Like, a show from L.A.? Oh, yeah. L.A.? It's like... Four or five, to the right. (laughs) You know, it's like, there's a little bit of hesitation. Well, yeah, because L.A. is not known for their theater as, like, New York is. Yeah, there is is a lot of great L.A. theater. I don't want to talk them down, but there's a lot of shit, too. There's a lot of crap. (laughs) No, absolutely. But New York is kind of snobby when it comes to their theater. Oh, yeah, because they're the center of it. And And I understand, because it seems like their percentage is much higher for better shows. Right. So, uh... I feel we're ready for that. We just need people to find out. I have complete trust that one person comes to the show, they're going to tell 10 to 20 more people. They're going to come back with cousins and brothers and sisters and moms Tios and, dads. and tias, the, exact abuela, same thing, the same exact thing that happened in L.A. When we first started five years ago at uh, Theater Asylum, we had an 80 seat theater. Nobody knew us. It was a brand new idea. We had a, I'm going to say, 50% full theater uh, the very next show was sold out. And oh after that, God. it was people lining up outside. In it was the rain so- one night. So you guys have sold out every show. Every year we have sold out. Yeah. yeah. Every year we have sold out. And it's fantastic. Uh, uh, but, you know, the, the, the gift has been that people love it. They tell their friends. They get out. So in New York City, we're the newbies. So, you know, even though I live there part time and, of course, all my friends are coming, you know, they've never heard of Latina Christmas Special. Here we have a we have a reputation. So if you have friends in New York, uh, please tell them about our show. In fact, we're having a raffle. We're Ooh. having a raffle. If you follow Latina Christmas Special on um, on uh, social media, and we're under Latina Christmas Special on Facebook and on Instagram and on Twitter, we're on Latina Christmas. If you... Follow us, and then you tag two of your friends that live in New York or in the New York area. We'll enter you and them in a a raffle to win two VIP tickets. And the VIP tickets are preferred seating, and you get Latina swag, and it's a blast. Oh, my God. So everybody's got to enter that if they're in New York. 
if they're in New York or if you're in LA and you, I mean, I you cannot imagine friends. someone who doesn't have friends or connections in New York well, City. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going <laughs> to tag a couple yeah, of my friends right, in New York. Fantastic. I yeah. love that. Well, I know you're going to kick ass in New York. Tell our listeners a little bit about the show. Okay. So, um, actually, I'm just going to read it off of our card because I spent so much time writing this. I want to make sure that, <laughs> you, make sure that, that you get it perfect. It. Yeah, exactly. So, you thought your holidays with the family were dramatic? Try these hilarious, touching, and surprisingly personal Christmas stories of holidays past, told by three acclaimed American Latina comedians. Miami-born, Cuban-American, Diana Yanez. Woo! Woo, 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 woo. Margaret Cho's Centrist Woman Show, in parentheses. The half Mexican, half Mexican, half Lithuanian, California native Maria Russell. Woo! Maria Russell. True TV's Tacoma FD. She is a recurring role in Tacoma FD. She plays the uh, policewoman on that show. Oh, she's hilarious. She's hilarious. And she also was on MTV Teen Wolf. I think playing a cop as well. She has a cop she energy. Has a, yeah, she does. <laughs> well, her father was a cop, wasn't he? That's right. Yeah. I never made that connection. Yeah. Is that bizarre? Yeah. That's right. Her, mo- her Okay, so anyway, so she's the, the cop. Which is really funny. And then border town Mexican-American Sandra Valls, who hails from Laredo, Texas. And she was in Showtime's Latin Divas of Comedy. And then I'm going to read one more review because this one really this one really touched me. It was from Stage Raw, and they wrote, Gumption, sass, and hearts brimming with dynamic stories. I mean, wow! The, all the ones about us being funny, of course I love them and I appreciate it. But that someone noted that the stories had um, heart is just blows me away because that's that was our intention was to 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 create that uh that sort of understanding well you know diana when i went to the show the first time i was not expecting to get emotional like i thought i was gonna go it's gonna be funny you know and there was parts that you know like i got teary i was and then not only did i get teary but there was times that i was crying and laughing at the same time, yeah, you know? Yeah. And the stories are very personal. That's what I love mm-hmm. about the show. Mm-hmm. It's not like I would say a funny, It's oh, it's a funny show. Yes, it's a really funny show, but the stories are very personal. Mm-hmm. They're very real. Mm-hmm. And, and everybody, no matter where you're from, can really relate to one part or another of these three stories. Oh yeah, each 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 uh, performer wrote their own monologue where they talk about what Christmas was like for them when they were growing up. And we we're all from different cultures. Even though Maria's half Mexican, she grew up in the Valley, so her whole experience <laughs> is completely different from. Sandra, who grew up in a border town where half the town was in Mexico and half the town was in America. So it's really an interesting combination, and each person has their own experience. But what we do all unite about is that when we were growing up, we would watch TV and see the Donnie and Marie Christmas special and White Christmas and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, and none of us had snow. (laughs) <laughs> None of us had like I never had in my life uh, in living in Miami a real tree. I thought all trees were plastic. You know, I ne- <laughs> never I never assumed that, you know, that it's actually like people go out and chop a tree. I think Sandra, not to give away one of her jokes, but she talked she talks about how when her girlfriend said, "Hey, do you, let's go, let's 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 uh, put up the Christmas tree," she said, "Great, where you know where is it in the attic?" And the girl was like, "No, we're gonna go chop one down." And she was like, "What? Chop it down? Why can't we just get it at Montgomery Ward?" You know, like, well, so- and let's be real, like um, Donnie and Marie and a, a lot of the Christmas stories 
um, growing up Latina, you couldn't relate. You no, know? no. I was supposed to relate to Jose Feliciano, who was on all of the shows because he was their token Latino. Yeah, he and was. I was like, I like you, pero nobody in my family is like you. You know, like <laughs> I don't, I don't relate. I don't connect. You right. Know? I didn't connect. But you know, I also assumed that everybody was Cuban. Like I have to tell you. I thought Donnie and Marie were Cuban. <laughs> I mean, they look Cuban, right? Anybody with brown hair and brown eyes on TV, you know, I just assumed they're Cuban. I just thought they were being polite, you know, speaking in English in front of the TV. And when the cameras were off, hey, mira, trame un café, vamos, vamos. You know, like everything's in Spanish. I even thought the Flintstones were, were Cuban. Can you imagine? I thought cartoon characters, okay, I was really little. This is not recent. Yeah. But I thought that the Flintstones, that when the, t- the TVs were turned turn, turned off they were talking to each other in Spanish just like my family in front of people we spoke English at home we spoke Spanish so it was a you know well in Miami hello Dino ven pa acá oye suelta eso well you know I mean my and people don't know this but there's a lot of Chinese Cubans too right like my father's one of my father's best friend Roberto you know Robert Mm -hmm. Roberto but even he had that little uh, Chinese accent and he was Cuban Oh, yeah. no, There's and, a and, huge community. In New York, there's a ton of Chinese restaurants that are Chinese-Cuban. Oh, so I you love can Chinese-Cuban your, food. Your, yeah, you can get your... Arroz uh, frito. Your arroz frito mm. and your, and, and your uh, um, what's it called? Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking egg rolls. Egg rolls. Arroz frito con egg rolls y ropa vieja. You egg know, like the, the mixture is, is fantastic. And I, I, I do appreciate that. In fact, I was going to say something when you said about how people can relate to it. So I invited some of my Chinese friends, uh, Chinese-American friends, not Chinese, but Chinese-American friends. Right. And they came to the show, and one of them was so funny. She came up, and she said, oh, you know her. You know Toy. Oh, yeah. And, and she said, and she said, wow, I didn't realize my family was so so Latin. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, but that's and, a thing. Yeah, and we have a lot of Jewish people that come to see the show, too, because, you know, we're not talking about religion. We're talking about a cultural phenomenon in America, which is the holidays, the high stakes of the holidays, and then what it is to grow up sort of on the border between being American and being part of your parents' culture, which is like they, the two do not always meet. I asked my mother, why can't we have a turkey for Christmas? Because, you know, in Cuban families, it's, it's roasted pork. pork, right? And my mother was like, oh, turkey, Diana. <laughs> turkey is for Thanksgiving, okay? <laughs> you know? Well, that's the thing. But, you know, with Latina Christmas special, I think you don't have to be – no, Latino at all. Too, because the um, holidays brings out a little bit of the wacky in all of the families. Yeah. Everybody has the stakes. crazy uncle, yeah. the crazy aunt, mm-hmm. or the crazy, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the one that wants to probe and find out everything about your life. Or, you know, so it's relatable, not so much just in the Latin community, but mm-hmm. I just think everybody can relate to the insanity that comes along with the holidays. I often tell people, if you've ever had parents... You can relate to the show. We're all American. I think that's the the main message. In fact, that is the new like our titles now say Latina Christmas Special, an American comedy of Latina proportions. These stories and this show really brings people together. Well, and family is family. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what nationality you are. Mm-hmm. Family is family. There's all different types of family. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it's all about family. So what made you want to do this show? What made you want to create this show? So I had a big success with Viva La Evolución, and it was a total surprise. I right. Did, I, from that, I got picked up by um, a 
company called Jody Solomon Speakers who started representing me to universities, and then I started taking the show to universities, mostly by diversity departments, because when you tell your story, when you tell the truth, people grow and, and tolerance grows, you know? And they can connect. Exactly. So I started doing that. Anyway, that was very successful. And then I said, you know, I'm thinking it's a little lonely telling the story by myself. And there's so many great stories. You know what happens. You and I are sitting there. We're having a glass of wine. We start talking. And then we start talking about, no, and then when this happened, my brother did this. And, you know, and you tell these stories that make you laugh. I think everybody across culture must tell each other stories, right? Oh, of course. So I thought, why don't I take two other Latinas? And and that was the theme I picked. I could have been anything. And so I thought, let me ask them. They both were going through something at the same time. When I asked Sandra, she committed, but she is she had just been through a horrible breakup, like divorce, where for 14 years she was with the same person, and she was moving out, and it was really intense. And so she said, I want to do this, and this is a great way for me to, to put my mind on something else. Maria said to me, no. No. She said, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want to be on stage by myself, blah, blah, blah. She resisted. And uh, Maria came back and said, yeah, I'm going to do it. Now, she had never done a one-person show, but this is what I tell anybody who wants to do a one-person show. Start with the stories you've told multiple times. And then just write from there. And that's how you get your one-person show. You start with the stories you know, and then you start putting them together. And the message reveals itself. And it was, (laughs) and it's amazing. And I really, 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 I mean, you couldn't have picked two, I mean, better people. It is a perfect, like all three of you. Yes, Mm -hmm. it it really is. So Diana, really quick, because, you know, we have a a few minutes left. Mm -hmm. Um, What is one thing that you've had to overcome in order to succeed the way you have? Okay. Well, my parents were immigrants. And they came to this country with nothing but the clothes on their backs. And they had gone through a really traumatic experience. My parents were both very young when Fidel Castro took over Cuba. And they had thought it was going to be a good thing. They right. were all gun ho and they were like, you know, Batista's a shit and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna make this world a better place. And then it backfired. And that changed them for the rest of their lives. They are... They are forever suspicious of anyone who promises big change. They felt a certain amount of uh, regret because they were supporting what ended up kind of ruining Cuba for them and why they had to leave the country. They weren't expecting to leave. So when I was growing up and I said, I want to be a creator. I want to be an artist. I want to be an actor. I want to be a director. Like it was always all in the same vein. I want to write. My parents were like, yeah, no. That's not a real career. My mother, when I told her I wanted to go to film school, she said, oh, no, you don't. She said, you're going to get a real degree, and then you can study your hobbies. And that filled me with a, a, a certain amount of self-doubt, you know? And so when I went into all of this, my big driving force was to prove that I was right, that this is what I was supposed to be doing. What has happened now, now that I've been doing it for years, is that that was the wrong reason to do it. The reason to do it is because that is my passion. And I think that, uh, I'm getting emotional. I think that although it kind of in the end helped me because that anger is what propelled me forward, anybody who says I'm doing this because I'm going to prove them wrong, I want to be famous, that doesn't fill your heart. It just doesn't. And what I've had to overcome was the anger. 
that got me here in the first place, and that's where I'm at now. And you can be thankful for that anger, though, too, because sometimes that anger is a higher vibration, Mm -hmm. you know, that gets you to where you propels you to where you need to go, but it only can fuel you for a little bit, and then you know you have yeah found when when your... it dissipates you're like what you know and, right and yeah absolutely so I think that uh, you know believe me I held it against my mother for a long time that <laughs> she didn't support me but you know like Maria's story is completely different her mother was like oh you want to be a cashier you take you to cashier school <laughs> you know oh you want to be a ballerina okay we're gonna take you ballet lessons like you know I I we I often share with Maria how funny it is that she had complete and utter support me. I was discouraged because it was scary. It was scary. What do you mean our daughter wants to be an actor? No, 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 no. We can't let that. Well, yeah. I think also, like, my mom always tells me, I pray every day that you don't uh, succeed. succeed Right. You told me that. That's awful. Because, you know, that industry is so, you know... But, you know, it, it all the things of, we like, sex, yeah. drugs and rock and roll. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so really quick, tell everybody um, where they can find Latina Christmas special again and where they can find you. And then the last five minutes, I want to play a little game. So OK, we- OK, OK. So I'll go fast. Um, Latina Christmas Special, very easy, spelled like, like it sounds, latinachristmasspecial.com. You click there on tickets, and you can see our one show in L.A. We're basically sold out, and it's a huge venue. So, uh, But I think they did release some new tickets. So if you if you want to go, that's December 9th. December 13th through December 31st with special shows on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, which will mean bubbly and some food and party Ooh. with the girls. We're very personable. We love partying with our fans. And that is uh, at uh, the Soho Playhouse in New York City in Soho. <laughs> what a coincidence. Yes. And, um, again, if you go to latinachristmasspecial.com, I don't want to confuse you with other uh, other website addresses, it'll tell you everything right there. Well, I can't wait to see the show. Mm-hmm. And really quick, because we're running out of time, yeah. let's play a little game. It's called, and I'm, pr- I'm sure you've heard it, Never Have I Ever. So you're going to tell no, me. No, I have never, never have I ever heard of it. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to tell me if you've ever done this. So if okay. you haven't ever done it, you say, Wait, never me, have I let ever. Let me take the truth serum. Okay. <laughs> Do Te- it. Tequila shot. I'll, go, I'll, I'll put myself out there with you. Okay. Go. Never have I ever mm-hmm. sent naughty pictures. Oh. Well, I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I guess I have. Yeah, I have. I mean, many of them are from when we used film. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but never of my coochie coochie. It's always been of the upper body because I certainly had the nicest tits around at, at, a, at a certain time. I mean, you know, not that I, my tits were better. It's, they were nice. Ooh, yeah. perky boobies. Yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have mm-hmm. a full nudity. All right. Oh, yeah. Got it. Can I see that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll take some new ones. I don't okay. think you want to see them now, though. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Never have I ever hitchhiked. Oh, no, nunca. I, I did. Really? I did. Oh, are you kidding me? I mean, well, my parents would fill me with such stories of, like, fear and stuff. I did, however, mira esto. This is a true story. I was riding bicycle to Miami-Dade. <laughs> and um, this uh, friend of mine pulls over in a car and she's this guy's driving and she says, oh, come on, come on. And she really like insisted. I get in the car and I'm like, oh, okay, so who's your friend? And she's like, oh, no, he just picked me up. Oh, so my God. She thought he was a killer rapist. Let me tell you, that's what the eyes were saying. And she put me in the car with her to protect her. And I'm like, now we're both dead. <laughs> so, yeah, next time, por favor, you know, 
drive to the police station or something else. Okay, anyway. Well, I have a similar story. I did hitchhike. I did it in Vegas with a a cousin of mine that was older, and uh, she put her thumb out, and we did it. And then I was shitting bricks in the car. I was like, why did I do this? And then she told my mom, and oh, my God, I got in so much trouble. Oh, gosh. Okay, never have I ever dined and dashed. Nunca. (gasps) I'm actually kind of a good girl. I know. Oh, no, I have. Actually, no, I take that back. Accidentally. I have staggered out of a bar drunk and did not pay, but it was in a small town because I, I don't know if I told you. I lived in Germany, too. So oh, I, my God. Yeah, I studied art there. I, that's how I got away from my parents as I moved to Germany. <laughs> really far. The opposite, <laughs> the opposite of Cuban, of opposite of Miami, <laughs> Germany. So I moved there, and I got rip-roaring drunk, and I left the bar without paying. And then I went back to the bar, and the guy was like, you know, Sie haben nicht bezahlen. And I said, uh... Sorry, I'm American. Here you go. <laughs> beep, oh, beep. my God. <laughs> well, I dined and dashed only like because the service was so horrible. And I asked for the check twice, and they didn't bring it. And I was tired. I wanted to go. And I'm like, screw you. It's their Peace own out. fault. It's their own fault. Last one. Mm-hmm. Never have I ever had a paranormal experience. Well, no, I've had paranormal experience. <gasps> Me too. Yeah. No, I love talking. That, that may be my next show is about paranormal experiences because I love to hear people's experiences. Because, look, I don't define it. This is my true my my true um, uh, thoughts about the paranormal is what I love about it is that it's mysterious and we cannot explain it. But don't tell me you know it's because the person don't, didn't go down the tunnel or that blah blah blah. You don't know that. We don't know. All we know is that it exists. Yes, and it we does. have witnessed it. And to me, it is fascinating. The first time I saw a ghost, I thought I would be scared. I wasn't. In fact, I was like curious. And then I had to debunk it because I don't want to say, oh, I saw a ghost, but it was it was not like I went like a like a total skeptic and checked everything out. And at the end, and I had a witness with me. And I and at the end, I said, "Okay, that was a real ghost. Well, we need to talk (laughs) because I have something to tell you about a paranormal experience that I I don't really tell a lot of people because they think I'm crazy. Oh, no, I love it. But we'll tell you. Last one. Um, really quick, yes or no, have you ever flashed anyone? Never have I ever flashed someone. Oh, no, I flashed. Okay. I'm Great. a flasher. Well, th- <laughs> Me too. Well, thank you, Diana. I'm flashing this you re- right now. Woo! Them titties look good. <laughs> Todavía. I still got it. Well, Diana, thank you so much for coming in. Uh, you guys, Latina Christmas special. It is the bomb. You got to see him. It's an amazing cast. Thank you again for coming in. I love you so much and much success in New York. It's been a pleasure, Elizabeth, and I want to tell you I am so proud of you. You are awesome. Aw, thank you, girl. Lots of love in this room. Thanks for listening to Left Unsupervised. Don't forget to stalk us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Left Unsupervised Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.